welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. When I was 14 years old, we still had tape decks. We still had tape decks in our cars, drove around with them. Uh, In the summer, the late summer, the early fall of 1990, this song was on the radio that I was crazy about. Like, I just, I couldn't get it enough. I would get in my sister's car and like, she, my sister, I was 14, she was just 17. She had like an 88 Honda Civic, I think, that you could see through the floorboards. Like they had rusted out and we would drive around in this car and you could literally see the road beneath you. And she had this tape deck. It had that classic, like, did any of you remember that sticker from like the 80s that people got when they went to Hawaii and it said Maui on it? It had that sticker on the back of it. The paint was rusted and blue. And we would get in this car and I would start going through the radio stations as quick as I could to try and hear this song. Can you play that song? This is the song. This song, I loved this song. You can keep going for a little while. It's just so good. I can't dance, I'm a white boy, Dylan. Don't judge me, man. Dylan can, yeah. See, look at Dylan's like, I can't do that. I don't know, man. Like, you're good. I can't. I would get in the car and go from station to station to try and hear the song. And I would go to one station. It wouldn't play. I'd go to the next station. I would sit there pressing buttons over and over and over again because I love the song. It's not even that good if you listen to it now. I mean, like, it's a, it is, it's a little bit good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you can fade it up. I loved that song. I did. And I tried to put it on a mixtape. I tried to make a tape and put it on there so that I could listen to it over and over and over again. Whenever I wanted to hear that song, whenever I needed to hear that girl say, everybody dance now, then I could just feel so good about myself. Yes, so cool with the windows rolled down and my sister's junky Honda Civic blasting from this blaupunk stereo that we thought was so rad. We just drive around. The point was, though, that I could put it on a tape and listen to it whenever I want. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with this summer mixtape series. We're talking about things that, that are important to hear over and over and over again. And that's what you do with a mixtape. You take your favorite things and you put it on this tape so you can listen to it. And you can remember that song. You can remember what you like about it. You can just listen to it until you don't want to hear it anymore. At the beginning of this year, I told you all that I felt like by the Spirit of God, there was three things that God said to us. Do you remember what those things were? It's a year of unity, a year of breakthrough, and a year of defeating the giants. It's a year of unity, it's a year of breakthrough, and it's a year of defeating the giants. And I felt like this was a word that God was saying to us as Hope City Church. And so today I'm going to talk a bit about that. And as I was getting ready and thinking about this, I realized, see, when I first thought about it, it was three separate things, a year of unity, a year breakthrough, and a year of defeating the giants. But can I just tell you right off the get-go that those three things are all connected to each other? You can't really have one without the other for the most part. And if you listen to the songs that we were singing today, 
Those songs, I didn't talk to Jen about, Jen has no idea what I'm preaching about today. We didn't talk about it. The songs that she put together were all songs about going through battles. This is how I fight my battle. What was that first song we sang? Um, sing a little louder. Louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder. Louder than my enemies. Isn't that the line? Can you put, that, can you put those words up? This kid can do anything. He's a computer. Look at him. Boom. Go. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Next slide. Oh, raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. What does that mean? It means that in the middle of the battle, your voice is your weapon. Your song is your weapon. And the enemy cannot steal that from you. You either choose to give it up and lay it down or you choose to use it. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. Next line says, in the presence of my enemies. It means that you may be there with your enemies staring at you in the face, but you choose in that place to raise a hallelujah, to open your mouth and to sing those words that God has said over you, to sing the scriptures, to sing a song of praise and thanksgiving. Tell you what, this has nothing to do with what I'm gonna talk about, but where you find yourself in the middle of life's storms, in the middle of your problems, in the middle of your situations, one of the best things you can do is close your eyes, throw up your hands and begin to sing a song and praise God. You know what another great thing to do is? When you are facing personal things in your life, begin to pray for somebody. You got issues in your life? You know what you can do? Take your eyes off yourself and begin to pray for somebody else. God, I just pray for so-and-so. I just pray right now. I've got to pray for Casey. God, I thank you that your kingdom come and your will is done in every area of Casey's life, in his marriage, in his relationships, in his finances. God, I thank you that you are working your good plans to come to pass in Casey's life, that you are directing every step that he takes, that you are bringing supernatural relationships into his life, that you are bringing people in his life that only he can minister to and that you put the words in his mouth when he sees those people that he can say the very things that you desire for him to say. Just start praying for somebody. Get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on God. Amen? So it's a year of unity. It's a year of breakthrough. And it's a year of defeating the giants. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to look at David. And we're going to look at Goliath. You could say, oh, man, I've heard this a million times. Well, the Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So we get to hear it one more time. Did you ever have, Sydney used to love the movie Cheaper by the Dozen when she was a baby. Yes, it is good. It's so good. But I tell you what, we watched that movie like three million times. It would end. And when Sydney was born, I think we still had VHS and we'd have to rewind it and watch it over again. Again and again and again and again. And it's okay. Because that's how things get down inside of you. So when it comes to the word of God, and when it comes to what God says about you, crack open the book and read those stories again and again and again, especially when you find yourself in places where you do not know what to do. Because can I just remind you that even though we can look in the word of God today and read how the story ends for all those people, you do know that in the middle of the stories, they had no idea what was coming down the pike. Right? They didn't know what was happening. They either had to choose to trust in God like you and me and see what happens or they had to go down in flames because they were people just like us. 
Now we got the great benefit of reading their stories, but back then they were walking through the storms just like you and me. So 1 Samuel chapter 17 picks up, and this is the story of David and Goliath. David and Goliath. Goliath is a big, nasty giant. It's a Philistine. The two, the, two, the two armies come together. The Philistines decided that they were going to go out and attack the Israelites. So the Bible says in verse 1 and 2 that they all get out there. They line up, and the Israelites come line up. And they're ready to go fight each other. And in verse 4, it says, Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Can we just stop for a second and think about that? That is one big, bad, nasty dude. He's almost 10 feet tall. That's like Anthony basically sitting on Justin's shoulders. But it wouldn't look like that. It wouldn't look like Anthony on top of Justin's shoulders. It would look like this big, gnarly giant who had been a soldier his entire life who wore a coat. Anthony, how much do you weigh? 50 pounds? 66. Okay. He wore a coat, his, his, his coat of mail, right? You know that chain link stuff they wore? That weighed twice what Anthony wears, or what he weighs, not what he wears. That's only a few pounds. Twice what Anthony weighs, Goliath would wear. His, his, his spear the tip of his spear was 15 pounds. I see people at the gym working out with less than 15 pounds, and they're sweaty. Like, whoo, this is tough. That was Goliath's spear. And can we just take a second, and it kind of reminds you, there is going to be things in your life that come and see you and come and stop at your door and look like Goliath, and they are big, and they are scary, and they want to make you stop dead in your tracks. We all have giants in our life, don't we? We all have things that we have to deal with. And they don't look like beautiful rainbows and unicorns. They look like big, gnarly giants who wear bronze helmets and bronze shields and bronze leg things. And they're ready to do damage to you. It says in verse 8 that Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across at the Israelites. He said, why are you coming out to fight? He called, I am the Philistine champion. In case you don't know who I am, I am bigger and badder than everybody else. And here I am at your door to do battle. Here's what I want to do, he says. You send out one person to come fight me. And if he wins, we'll be your servants. And if I win... You'll be my servants. You'll be our servants. And the Bible says this. If you go down to verse 16, it says, For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. The Israelite army. What do we see so far? We see a giant that is camped at the Israelites' door. 
We see a giant that has showed up, that is big, that is bad, that is scary. And here he is, not just one time getting in their face. The Bible says for 40 days, twice a day, two shows, folks, not just one show, morning and evening. It's the Goliath show. Hey, guys, I'm Goliath here to destroy you today. Come on out. Send somebody down to fight me. If they win, we'll be yours. And if you win, you'll be ours. Come on down. Two times a day. The Bible says that he taunted the Israelites. You are going to have giants that come to your door and come and say, hey, hey, Sloan, how's it going? Here I am. And the Bible says two times a day. Have you ever had anything in your life come at you over and 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 over? And you're like, stop it. Anybody had that? I know that I have. I know that I have. But the good news is, is that God said it's a year of defeating the giants. And I believe if God said it's a year of defeating giants, then it's a year of defeating the giants. Does anybody have any giants in their life? Does anybody have anything that you're facing in your life that you say, in the natural, I don't know how to deal with this? Because that's exactly what was happening. The Israelites lined up. The Bible says that they were terrified. 40 days, 40 days, five weeks, every day, twice a day, they'd all line up and Goliath would come out. And the Bible says that they were scared and afraid and nobody would go out. Nobody would say, I will go fight this guy. Not one person. He was just looking for one. One person and not one would get up and say, I'll come and take care of this. I know God because these were the Israelites, right? And who are the Israelites? The children of God. Sorry, who was it? The children of God. You seem unsure. Just, just in case. Yes, the Israelites were the children of God. Okay, well, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So the story goes on. And suddenly we're talking about David. David's brothers are at battle. David's brothers are there with the other Israelite soldiers and they're all lined up every day. And David's dad, Jesse, says, hey, I want you to take some cheese to your brother and some grains and go down and see them and go see how things are going. So David is a shepherd, and so he finds somebody to watch his sheep, and he packs up, but he goes down to the battlefront, and he goes and sees what's going on. The Bible says that as David was going out there, all of a sudden, the Goliath show starts. He's just in time for the matinee. Goliath is out there strutting, yelling, shouting. And David says, well, who's going to take care of this? Who's going to put this guy in his place? Why is nobody doing anything? And David's brother hears about it. And he's like, hey, you just need to mind your own business. This is my own paraphrase. He says, you need to mind your own business and you need to go back to those puny little sheep that you watch and go take care of your sheep and go home. This is man's business. We're here taking care of it. We'll figure a way out of it. You go back to where you came from. Well, the Bible says that King Saul heard about it. And so King Saul at this point is looking for anybody to help find a way out of this mess. And so they bring David to King Saul. And David says, I'll go fight him. I'll go fight this guy. And Saul says, you can't. You're just a kid 
And guess what? Newsflash, this guy has been a soldier since when he was a kid. And now he's like 10 feet tall, probably weighs like 400 pounds, and it's all muscle. This guy will literally eat you alive. And I just want to read David's response for a minute. Is that okay? Do you have Bibles today? Three people. Excellent. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Starting at verse 35, it says this. Um, David's saying to Saul, he's like, listen, I'll go out and fight this guy. And he says, you can't fight him because you're a kid. David says, hey, I used to watch my dad's sheep. I still do watch my dad's sheep when I'm at home. And the Bible says in verse 35, sometimes lions and bears would come and take our sheep. And he says, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. Can we just stop for a second? <laughs> Do you ever read the Bible and you're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> a lion and a bear. If it was me, I'd be like, well, Dad, guess what happened today? A lion came and took a sheep. That's okay. We have 273 more. David says, no, sir. No, you did not. Not on my watch. And the Bible says that he chased the lion and the bear down. And if the, he said he, he takes it back from its mouth. And if the animal turns on him, he clubs it to death. Has anybody ever seen a bear or a lion in real life? <laughs> I think I've told you guys this before, but I used to think in my own na naivety, what's that word? Yep, that's close, you know, in my own foolishness. In my own foolishness, I used to think, hey, you know what? A lion couldn't take me down. A tiger couldn't take me down. A cougar couldn't take me down. Like, I would fight it off, and I would be crazy. If David could do it, I could do it. One day, I went to the Vancouver Zoo uh, and watched them feeding the tigers. Have you ever seen that? Has anybody ever gone and watched them do that? It's terrifying. In, in a heartbeat, my eyes were open. See, what they do was they really want you to have a good view of what these animals look like. And so the trainer comes out, and there's just, there's just this, this fence in front of everybody. And um, it's just like chain link fence. And it's like not super strong looking. And they walk out, and they hold up meat big slabs of meat and they make the tigers stand up on their back feet and stretch all the way out and put their paws on the fence so you can see it and when those tigers did that those tigers were bigger than me and their paws were like twice the size of my head granted I have a small head but still, they were twice the size of my head. And when I saw that, I was like, dear Lord above, there is no way if a tiger attacked me that I would take that thing down. There's no way that if it stole something from me that I would chase it and club it to death. 
But David says, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. That's just what I do. It's part of my resume. Lion slayer, cub killer. I go after them. That's who I am. And so we see here. He goes on. He's not finished there. He said, I've done this to both lions and bears. And guess what? I'll do this to pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. Those giants in your life are defying God. Those giants in your life, guess what? They're not allowed to be there. They don't have rights in your life. They don't have authority of you. Wherever they've set up camp and they're staring at you from and they're taunting you from, guess what? They're not allowed to be there. I thought so. <laughs> I'm so excited my Bible keeps turning pages. 37 says this. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. The Lord who rescued me. Who rescued him? Who rescued him? Who helped him kill the lion and the bear? David knew that it wasn't his own strength that helped him kill the lion and the bear. He knew that it was the Lord. It was David's personal revelation of God working in his life that enabled him to see that Philistine and say, well, if God could take care of this, if God could take care of the lions and the bears, if God could take care of my financial disaster, if God could take care of my broken body, if God could take care of my broken marriage and my broken relationships, if he fixed these things, then he can fix this thing too. Saul finally says, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. If you're so sure, go ahead. Go on and go. And the Bible says that Saul says to David, okay, if you're going to go fight him, put on my armor and go out and fight this guy. David puts on the armor. He's like, I can't put your armor on. I've never fought in this stuff. It doesn't fit me right. It doesn't, I don't like it. I'm just used to being a shepherd and I have a stick that I walk around with and I have a bag that I throw rocks from. So that's what I'm going to do. That's what I know. And because basically David's saying, it's not the armor and the sword that is going to protect me anyway. It is God. So the Bible says he goes out there and he goes and the Bible says he picks up five smooth stones from the rocks, from the river. He puts them in his bag and he goes out and he sees Goliath. The Bible says when Goliath sees him coming, Goliath is standing over here and David's standing over here. David's picked up some rocks and put them in his bag and David's coming out. And I love David's confidence. I love David's confidence. I love David's confidence because David has seen God move in his life and he knows if he moved one time, he's going to move again. So it doesn't matter that, that, man, if you look up pictures of David and Goliath, I mean, they're all drawings from like hundreds of years ago and then Bible drawings and like kids Bible drawings. So you see all different kinds of stuff, but there's not any really nice looking pictures of Goliath. Goliath doesn't look like a gentleman. He doesn't look nice. He doesn't look like, oh, I think I could hang out with Goliath. He'd be a cool dude. No, he never, in any of those pictures, does he look awesome. But David strolls out there, picks up his stones, and he's going to go fight Goliath. And Goliath sees him coming. David is just being David, who David has always been. He's got his staff, and he's got his bag of rocks, his trusty bag of rocks. He's walking out there, and Goliath says, what, what is this? 
80 times I've been out here calling for a warrior from you guys to come. And finally you send somebody out and you send out this punk kid. You send out this punk kid who has a stick. It helps me walk better. You send out this kid with a stick and some rocks. And he says to him, he says, are you coming at me like I'm a dog? You're going to beat me with your stick? You're coming at me? David turns around and says to him, no, no. And I want to read this to you, actually. I want to read this to you. I just, I'm so excited. I can't stop walking fast. Tell you. I want to read this to you. 45. Did I give you this verse? I got it. Okay. 45. David replies to the Philistine. Well, the Philistine in verse 41 says, hey, hey, come over here and guess what? I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air. Now, for me, that'd be scary for somebody to say. If I'm going to fight somebody and they say, hey, buddy, guess what? Guess what I'm going to do in this fight? I'm going to feed you to the birds. I'd be like, hmm, I might want to reconsider this. I might not want to fight this person. That's what Goliath says. And David says this to him. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. And I want to say to you, the enemy comes to you with thoughts and hurts and pains and emotions and memories from your past, trying to hold you down and hold you caged up, stop you dead in your tracks, keep you locked up, bad doctor's reports, bad finances, bad relationships, bad emotions, bad history. He tries to keep all these things on you, keep you locked up. And David says, I come at you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. He says, I come at you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. David's not coming in his own strength, is he? Because David knew that it wasn't his own strength that beat the lion and the cub, that it was God who rescued him. And so he says again, I come at you in the name of God. He says, today the Lord will conquer you. And then I will give you, I will kill you and cut off your head. The Lord is going to conquer you and I'm going to cut off your head. The Lord is going to one, be the one who kills you and I'm going to be the vessel that he uses to do it. Then I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people not by sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. Look at your neighbor and say, this is the Lord's battle. I don't got to fight this on my own. It's the Lord's battle. The Bible says, Goliath begins to move towards David. Goliath starts moving. I bet it took Goliath a while to get going. I bet he wasn't super fast. But the Bible says that David ran towards Goliath. David ran towards Goliath. David had those stones and Goliath starts to move and David runs. Starts wheeling that thing around. I'm terrible at doing this. I've tried it before, you know, when you're in kids' church, when you're a kid, and they all make you like slings and stones. I'm terrible at throwing these things. David's running, just lets this thing fly. Rock smacks Goliath square in the head. Bible says Goliath goes down. David runs over, 
pulls out Goliath's sword. The thing that the enemy has tried to send to bring death and destruction in your life, God will turn around and use. Chop off that head of the enemy. David takes Goliath's sword, chops it off. Bet he hoists it up so everybody can see it, don't you? Don't you think David lifted that thing up? I bet this whole thing took less than minutes. Less than minutes. David's hoisting this head in the air. Holding it up for everybody to see. And look what happens. Verse 51, halfway through says, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they took off and ran. Do, we, do you have verse 42, 52? Okay. Go to the next verse. <clears throat> then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, plural, the giants, plural, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines or giants were strewn all along the road from Sherem as far as Gath and Ekron. What do we see happening here in this story? We see a man that had personal victory through God. We see a man who because of the revelation that he had of who God was to him, of meeting him in the midst of his circumstances, in his personal life, brought that victory to the nation of Israel. And the personal victory and the personal breakthrough became a national breakthrough. Became a breakthrough for the people of God, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel. It became a breakthrough from them. And when those children of God saw the breakthrough, when they, listen, what is a breakthrough? It's literally that, a break and a way through. They would come out and line up, lock arms, shields down, and they would make a wall that was impenetrable. That's how they fought. But when somebody broke through, there was a hole. And what do you do when there's a hole? You rush that thing all together, all unified, with one heart, with one voice. And you break through that wall. And what happens? You bust through that thing. Those enemies take off. And you go chasing down the giants, plural, and you defeat them. There are giants in the Fraser Valley that need defeating. There are giants in Abbotsford that need defeating. There are giants in our lives that need defeating. And it comes through unity. It comes through breakthroughs in each other's lives where you can hear and say, Marlene can say, oh, look what God did in my life. And I can say, oh my gosh, God did that for you? 
He did that in your life? And Marlene says, yes, he did that in my life. And I say, oh my gosh, well, I know that God doesn't like Marlene more than he likes me. The Bible says that he's no respecter of persons. He loves everybody the same. So if he did that for Marlene, oh, that means he can do it for me. And I begin to rush at that breakthrough. And as I break through, we can begin to all go through together. See, the Bible says in this verse that it wasn't just David that chased all the giants. I'm coming, guys. You're all gonna get it. I got my stones. That's why I took five. No. They all screamed and cheered with one voice, with one heart, and they rushed through that hole. And they went and defeated the giants. David's personal revelation, David's personal breakthroughs led to a national breakthrough. It's a year of breakthrough where David defeated literally the giant, but there were still more giants to be defeated. And as the body was united, as the family was united, as the church is united, we can rush through those breakthroughs that happen in our own lives, that happen in relationships, that happen in marriages, that happen in finances, that happen in bodies, that happen in souls. We can rush through those breakthroughs and begin to defeat the giants that are standing guard where we live and the dominion that God has given to us to take. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.